Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The crime that we are seeing in our communities, the crime that we're seeing in our cities, the school shootings in our country, people being assaulted in subways. I'm from a city. People being assaulted when sitting on the sidewalk at a restaurant. I read a story. It's a couple sitting on a sidewalk in a rest, at a restaurant, just sitting there eating. You know, you sit outside. Guys, this is the result of a corrupt human heart. And all the money in the world will not stop crime. And all the laws in the world will not stop crime. Because I tell you all the time, come on. The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. What we need is fathers and mothers in the home loving and creating. I'll wait while you clap your hands. We need fathers. We need mothers in the home loving and creating a strong family. We need more people investing in our children. We need that. I heard this story. This is pretty powerful. Listen closely. A young teenage boy, 14 years old, asked his dad one day how much his dad made per hour. And the father asked why. And the boy said he just wondered. Well, the father said he made $30 an hour. Well, the boy then said, Dad, can you give me 10 bucks? The boy said that he could. He could. Or the father said that he could and gave it to him. And then he asked what the young son was going to do with it. Well, the boy asked his father to follow him to his room. And when they arrived, the teenager pulled a 20 out from under his pillow and put it with the $10 that his dad had given him and said, there, I have enough. He handed it to his father and said, dad, here's $30. Would you spend one hour with me? That's pretty powerful, isn't it? And said, we need fathers and mothers in the home who are willing to invest in their children and build a good, firm foundation for most, first of all, in their home. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus talked about a home that is built on sand 
And a home that is built on what? The rock. Jesus is the rock. The foundation of the home is Jesus Christ. And what a family needs most is the love of God, the love of each other, and Jesus Christ as the foundation in their home. That's what we need most in the home. Jesus is our provider. Somebody say amen. Amen. Point number three, the peace factor, the peace factor. Now, we really don't have time to read it, but it's in Matthew. I'm going to tell you a story. All right. I'll just tell you the story. It's in Matthew chapter 19. Listen to me. Matthew chapter 19, 16 through 22. It is a story. And I know you know the story because I've told you the story. It's the story of a man who... Look at me, please. The man was a young man, and he was rich, and he was young, and he was a ruler. The rich young ruler, you know it, right? Mark tells us that the rich young ruler had great possessions. In today's language, he was balling. He had a lot of money. Although he seemed to have everything in the world's eyes, he was lacking peace and joy And contentment. The rich young ruler, the Bible tells us, came to Jesus and he said, Good teacher, what good thing can I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, If you want eternal life, keep the commandments. And he arrogantly said, Check, I've done all that. And Jesus said, Okay, you got all the outward stuff done down pat. Jesus said, now go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And he said, you said what? He said, Jesus said, yeah, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And then you will have treasures in heaven and come follow me. And the Bible tells us, here it is, saints, that he went away sorrowful. Now, this is where stuff gets sticky for most folk, right? Because most folk don't have a problem with saying, yeah, Jesus, I keep the commandments. Yeah, Jesus, I'm a good person. I give to charities. I help at Thanksgiving at the soup kitchen. You know, I do all the good stuff. But if Jesus said, not only do you help at Thanksgiving at the soup kitchen, but I want you, if Jesus said to you, I want you to not only help, but I want you to bring those folks to your home at Thanksgiving, And when dinner is over, I want you to give your home to those folks at Thanksgiving. Some of y'all would say, what you talking about, Willis? I mean, I've done a great thing, but wait a minute. You see, that's in effect what the man Jesus said to the rich young ruler. Jesus said to him, I want you to give it all up. And right there, Jesus revealed his heart. See, the rich young ruler had trouble with money. The rich young ruler didn't have peace in his heart and contentment in his heart. Now, Matthew 19, 23, then Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I say to you, it is easier. Y'all looking at that for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, let's be clear, guys. God loves rich people. 
I love rich people. Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all got mighty quiet, but you know you do too. God loves people with money. God loves people who don't have money. Jesus died for rich people. Jesus died for poor people. Somebody say amen. Jesus isn't saying in Matthew 19, 23, he isn't saying rich people can't go to heaven. Jesus is saying it is hard for the rich to enter the kingdom. Why? Because here it is, guys. Rich men will struggle because they often trust in their riches. And it's not the riches that keep them out of heaven. It's the trusting in riches that keep them out of heaven. Which is consistent with 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. As Paul the Apostle is writing his protege, protege, Pastor Timothy, and he says that Timothy, in verse 17, he says, Timothy, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust, you're looking at it, in uncertain riches. Don't trust in them. But trust in who, saints? Y'all ain't say it like you mean it. Trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. You see, many Christians are trusting in riches, and they're trusting in what they have, and that's why they don't give. Well, God knows you have bills. God knows that it takes money to live. God knows that. God knows you need food. God knows you have a mortgage. God knows you got college for the kids. God knows you have uh, 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 Starbucks. Amen, because some of y'all can't live without Starbucks. I'm not going to take that from you, okay? Because some of that just your lifeline, like IV. I get it. Okay, we're going to give you that. God knows that. Y'all say amen. God doesn't have a problem. Listen to me. If you've been asleep, wake up. God does not have a problem with you owning things. God has a problem with things owning you. And that's the problem. Uh, If you're going to clap, then do it right. If you can do it, do it right. God wants us to be content. Somebody say amen. And at peace with what we have. 1 Timothy 6 says, now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world. Come on, y'all, read this last part with me. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. You know, a, once, a, a man once went to a minister for counseling, and he was in the midst of financial collapse, and he said, I lost everything, he bemoaned. Oh, I'm sorry, the minister said. He said, I'm sorry to hear that you've lost your faith. No, the man corrected him. I haven't lost my faith. Well, then I'm sad to hear that you lost your character, the minister said. Oh, I didn't say that. He corrected. I still have my character. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that you lost your salvation, the minister said. Well, that's not what I said. The man objected. I haven't lost my salvation. Well, you have your faith. You have your character. You have your salvation. Seems to me, the minister observed, that you've lost none of the things that really matter. A Puritan once sat down to pray and bowed his head and declared, 
all this and Jesus too? All this and Jesus too? And I don't think that there is one person living in the United States of America that cannot sit down before their food in their warm home on their nice couch or at their table and bow their head and not say, all this and Jesus too? Oh, y'all ain't feeling me this morning, huh? All this. Some of y'all got big old houses. I've been to some of them. Y'all got big old houses. Big old houses. There's just two of y'all living in it. Y'all got six bedrooms. It's like y'all could chop half the house off and you still got too much house. <laughs> For what? Don't get me wrong. That's nice. Praise God. Whatever you have, praise God. Please do not go away from me and think I'm bemoaning anything that you have. I am simply saying that whatever you have, please, for the love of God, give God praise for it and offer it back to God. That's all I'm saying. And give God what is due God. I think of the book of Haggai. And the people of God had come back into the land and they were building their, they had built their own houses and they, were, they, they had got, come back from a Babylonian captivity. And man, they had built their own house. They got back from being enslaved and they built their own house. They had nice places and everything was nice and the garden was nice and nice grass and everything was cool. Everything was nice. And the temple of God, the church, was awful, dilapidated, ugly. Weeds are growing out front. And in Haggai chapter 2, God rebuked them for that. Go read it. God said, how dare you? How dare you have a nice house? God didn't have a problem with them having a nice house. God had a problem with them having a nice house and leaving his house unkept. God never has a problem with you having nice things because he gave you those nice things. Why would God have a problem giving you something? Give you, why would God give you something and then say, oh, I got a problem with you having nice stuff? That's like, that's like weird. I couldn't come up with a better word. Why would he do that? He doesn't do things that way. What he does do is say, why would you focus on your own home And your own, he uses the word, paneled homes. See, paneling was way in style before the 70s. Okay? Folk think they came up with that. Nothing new under the sun, people. Nothing new. God said, you got your own paneled houses. And everything looks all nice at your place. But the house of God remains unkept and uncared for. All this... And Jesus, too, finally, point number four in our outline, the possession factor. 
So in Psalm 24, verse 1, Psalm 24, verse 1, y'all okay? Somebody say amen. amen. Psalm 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's. Oh, come on, read it with me. The earth is the Lord's and its fullness and the world and those who dwell therein. Listen, saints, this is the first and greatest principle in God's economy. What's that? Money is not yours. You are only a manager of it. You don't own it. God owns it. Ecclesiastes. You still got your open there? You still open there? Ecclesiastes 5.15. Go ahead and look at it. As he came from his mother's womb naked, shall he return to go as he came. And he shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. I might even add, if I might, he takes nothing from his labor that he can carry in his bank account. Hmm? You came here with nothing, and you will take nothing with you. Somebody dies, you've often heard it said. Somebody dies, they say, well, how much did he leave? Final answer, Everything. You can't take anything with you. I actually read this is a true, this is a true, uh, uh, a true statement I'm reading here. This is a funeral home, and they provide suits for men who die, and the suits have no pockets. Isn't that awesome? That's great. Because what do, does a corpse in a casket need pockets for? Can't take anything with you. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, for God loves what? A cheerful giver. Ecclesiastes 11, 1, 2 says, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a serving to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be upon the earth. Cast your bread upon the water. You know, every time I read this verse, I think of Lake Pine. Y'all know Lake Pine? Hey, you, raise your hand, who I'm talking to. Okay, that's just Teddy, y'all. Okay, so most of y'all must not live near here. Okay, so we have a Lake Pine. It's like a, what do you call it, like a park or something? With, with, a, with a lake, like a walking trail with a lake around it. And there are some really angry, aggressive geese. <laughs> they are really super mean. Those geese are, I mean, when I see those geese, I literally will, like if I ran around, and it's a two-miler, if I ran around, I will literally just turn around and go the other way. Because they don't even want you to, like, keep running by them. Even if you're minding your own business, they'll chase you across the parking lot you're minding your own business. They don't even have baby geese around. I understand the protection for the baby geese, but they don't have baby geese around. They just are very, very mean, and they're very angry. And I really wanted to, like, call the police <laughs> and make a report because I, I was feeling assaulted. It was very scary one time. It traumatized me really seriously. I didn't go there for like months and months and months because I was very scared. They're really aggressive. 
And anybody know? Am I the only one? Yes. See, y'all support me. Support me. One time I tried to throw a piece of bread. You know, I was trying to be kind and throw a piece of bread for them to take a piece of bread. And, um, you know, they didn't take it. (laughs) You know, cast the bread upon. They didn't take it. Very, very, very evil. I thought they were possessed, actually. So the Bible tells us I had nothing to do with throwing the bread on the water. I just had to just see, see how traumatized I am. I just go off into the geese and, you know. But the Bible tells us to take a cast your bread upon the water. And, 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 and if you cast bread upon water, you actually never find it again. Right. And why would you actually want to find some soggy bread? Right. Who wants to eat wet bread? But King Solomon says. Cast your bread upon the water, and after many days you will find it. So the verse, guys, is teaching us, the point of the verse is to teach us to practice giving. And if we practice giving, it will come back to us. That's what it means, that God will give to you. How many of you know that you can't outgive God? Come on, raise your hand. You cannot outgive God. God will always give to you. The picture in the Hebrew language actually is, is to have an open hand. It speaks of generosity, like uh, uh, let it go. What was that, Frozen? Elsa and Frozen? Let it go. Just let it go. Just toss it out and give it away and be generous because God loves generous people. Somebody say amen. And God gives to those who will use money for the kingdom. You know, it's often been said that God, if God can get money through you, he will get it to you. And the problem is that God can't get it through some folk because there's a lot of tightwads in the church. Say amen. Yeah, I said it, tightwads in the church, right? And the interesting thing is that people who give, they seem to prosper, don't they? And people who don't give, they never seem to have enough. They always seem to be strapped. They always seem to be getting by. God will always give to you when you give to him by faith. Am I right about that? I'll wait while you clap your hands there. Give to God and God will bless you. I think of Proverbs. I got two more things for you and I'm done. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he shall direct your path. And right about verse 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. I want to give you something very practical here. These are rules. You might want to grab your phone. These are rules for having peace with money. Rules for having peace with money. Number one, put God first. Say amen, saints. Put God first. Amen. Tithe and give offerings to him first, not what's left. Also, rules for having peace with money. Be honest with money. Never cheat with money. 
or lie or steal to have anything. Pay your debts and remove all debts as quickly as you can. Never hide your financial dealings from your spouse. Say amen. No secret credit cards. And that goes both ways, ladies and gentlemen. That goes both ways, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to go home today. Do not ever put trust in money or things. Always spend less than you bring in. Let the church say amen. Amen. Live below your means. Seems real practical and simple and common sense, but common sense ain't so common anymore. Never buy things that you can't afford. Don't stretch yourself to the limit. A lot of people can't give to God because you're all stretched, right? And then that kind of puts tension on, on the home, right? And never buy things that you can't afford. I said that, right? What's my next one? What's my Never. They, oh, this is a good one. Never seek to impress people. Praise God. People trying to keep up with the Joneses. Who are they anyway? Nobody knows who the Joneses are, but yet everybody's trying to keep up with them. Right? And never buy anything for the purpose of impressing people. That's really, really good. Amen? I hope that helps y'all. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.